Welcome back to Soul Back. This is the RB Podcast. King Kyle here with King Ed and King Tom. Guys, I've been do I've been waiting a whole year to do this episode. Oh my gosh. Well, since everybody's claiming King, we might as well be the king of the R and B podcast. I mean, who better? First of all, Kyle, you almost single handedly took down the whole you know I got soul brand by continuously spamming about Jacquees' album. Hold on. We're not there yet, Tom. We got other things All to right. talk about first, but we'll get there soon. But first, can I tell you who's a real king? I'm afraid okay. to ask when it comes from you. We're going to have to give a shout out to Jason Gonzalez. Does that, name, does that name ring a bell to either of you? I have no idea who this is. No? So this gentleman made the news recently. He's a college student from Minnesota. And if you guys didn't know, Minnesota doesn't have a Krispy Kreme in their city. So what he has done over the last couple of months is he actually drives to Iowa and he goes to the Krispy Kreme over there and he picks up like $500 worth of donuts and brings it back to his city and he sells, he resells it for like double the amount. Um, so I think they're like $10 a box, but he sells them for 20 and his city is happy because they finally get their Krispy Kremes. Krispy Kreme finds out about this news and shuts down the operation. They don't want what? him to get the bag. And this is a college student that just wants to pay his bills. So the internet Damn. was furious. Krispy Kremes realized what they did. And now he's been awarded with like $200 worth of donuts to sell. That's it? 200 they freaking so. should have paid for his college education. I did think that's where this was going to go, that they were going to give him a scholarship or something. But <laughs> look at this. We'll give you three boxes of donuts. Go out there and sell them. Uh, why are they trying to take away the bag from people? Because people are bag stingy. They want their own bag. They don't want to share the bag. Listen, listen. Since we always start out by talking about food, i got to bring something up. Our boy producer, Travis Cherry, tweeted a photo or something of this and i don't know if this is a southern thing or what i had never heard of it eating a chicken wing between a slice two slices of bread what the heck is going <laughs> oh on my god it was a joke play i saw that <laughs> shout out to the homie because as no, most of you know people were chiming in though that they had had eaten that i feel like people ate that for how do you, you can't eat that the chicken wing is like 90 percent bone anyway it's like bone and fried skin are you eating a oh. bone? You're eating a bone sandwich. <laughs> I just assumed Gross. that folks were riding off of the Popeye's chicken deal since the Popeye sandwich has returned since our last podcast. And folks are literally out here spilling blood in the streets over a chicken sandwich. Please. Hold up. Is, is this find the same sandwich that came out like a couple of months ago or is it a new one? No, it's the same one. The one that came out a couple months ago, people ravaged their supplies so bad that they had to like put it on hiatus and then restock later. And now they're flying through it again. I mean, it's good, but it's not worth stabbing somebody over. Damn. Well, let me ask you guys this. If we're on the topic of Mr. Jason Gonzalez, Mr. Krispy Kremes, is there a certain food item that you would actually travel long distances for? To get Ed, wouldn't you travel like hours to get a Slurpee? This is what you. Yeah, I mean, do. yeah, I mean, I, I actually do this. So this question is very easy for me. You know what else I love? You guys, I know they have it. I don't know if you guys have it, Kyle, but I know they have it where Tom is. Utz chips. 
the crab flavored chips. I will what? travel for those. You've crab never seen flavored? those? Yeah, they have those. Well, I don't eat seafood, so I wouldn't be looking for that. Well, first of all, you need some new taste buds. Secondly, yes, the crab flavor. There are people on the podcast who know what I'm talking about. The Utz crab based seasoning chips. If y'all got some, email them. Well, I guess you can't email a chip, but get I will get a P.O. box set up. You can send me some of these chips. They are so good. And they don't sell them well, out here. I actually never had that, but I had another chip brand called Hers, and they make Old Bay chips. I don't know if you ever had yeah. that, man. I love Old Bay, and I actually yeah, like it's the Old Bay on. seasoning. Yeah, this is the same there. thing. Okay, you guys and your chips. We need to talk some health food. Um, have you guys tried health the Oreo food? cereals? What like Oreo? It's like Oreos, but it's like a cereal. I have not heard of such a thing. I'm not surprised nope. it exists. And then there's also a Chips Ahoy one. That I, mean, I think I've had. I've had Cookie Crisp. Got to be the same thing, right? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, but anyways, guys, there's another thing worth traveling for. Ed, did you know your cousin Chris Brown had a yard sale recently? <laughs> oh no, I did not know he had a yard sale. I wonder if my aunts helped set that up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, he was on Instagram and he posted his address and said yard sale come through. Which seems like a really bad idea. And it's not a safety like a concern. Idea. Yeah, the cops Here's... got involved and said, "No, you can't have this. It's a safety concern." No, but, I mean uh, safety I... concern as like, why are you giving your address out to crazy stands and inviting them over your house? Exactly. I don't know, but the cops actually got involved and said it would be disturbing the community because these stands would come through. But apparently, it went well. He sold Jordans and designer clothes for like half the price. Ed. Your cousin isn't struggling for money, is he? <laughs> Why do you think he keeps coming out with these ninety-seven track albums? He's got a he's got bills to pay. So if the money's getting funny, we'll have a new album soon that will kill me while I try to review it. Oh man! Well, the reason why I bring this up is apparently some girl posted on Instagram that she bought a hoodie from this yard sale and there were drugs inside the hoodie. What? That's, no, that's not good. I'm. I don't know. That's what I read. Drugs and I would hope that he emptied the pockets before he sold his little weed invested hoodie. Oh god! <laughs> so that's that. Now, the moment that we've all been waiting for, uh, Jacquees's new album, King of R&B, came out last week. Now, before I say anything, I want to hear from you guys first. Give me your thoughts on the overall marketing strategy for this, because Ed, you did touch on it in your review. And then, mm-hmm. guys, give me your thoughts on the album as a whole. Jeez. I'll, I would just say about the marketing strategy, it was genius, because we got people listening that don't even care. They just It's like a spectacle. They're just tuning in because of, what's all this fuss about? Because I heard about the King stuff, and now they want to check it out. And I would love to say it's not a sustainable way to build a career, but unfortunately in this day and age, that brings new attention toward you. He'll probably pick up some new fans, and it's probably going to work regardless of the quality. Now people know Jacquees, so that's my opinion. Oh, boy. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the marketing strategy, because like you said, we brought it up, and Tom brings up good points. 
I reviewed Jacquees's album. I also reviewed, and this should probably be posted by the time this podcast goes up. I also reviewed Doja Cat's album. And if y'all remember her, that was the chick that dressed up like the cow and had the moose on. Absolutely stupid. Oh. However, here's Wait, the difference Wait, how was that album, the- though? Oh, I'm about to tell you. Because okay. <laughs> the Jacquees album and the lead up, as you said, Tom had a point. This is a point where we got people, he got eyeballs. He got people to pay attention to him. Because as we know, Jacquees has been around for a long time before this discussion. This is his second album. It's not his debut. But this was a way. There were so many people who had never said, I've never heard of this guy. And this was a way that they got attention to him. So, hey, I'm going to check out this new project to see if he's good as he says he is. Doja Cat is this chick, for those who don't know, who created this weird viral video a year or so ago where she dressed up like a cow and was singing and it was goofy. But it was a little bit of artistry in there. So it was weird, but kind of like, what is going on with this girl? The difference between the two albums is Jacquees' album after this king of R&B buzz, if you claim to be king and you now have this big buzz, you got to come hard. You can't deliver an album that's worse than the last album. An album that's weaker than the one before you got on. However, Doja, even though she had her goofy moose stuff, man, her album is actually really good. And that mm. she used that goofy little very video to get eyeballs on her brand. So now, I had no intention of ever reviewing her stuff. I was familiar with her work. I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And now she's got a fan in me because I'm like, hey, she's got a little bit of talent here. There are no mood songs on her album, thank God. But you see that there's some creativity and artistry there. If you're going to be in 2019 using these goofy viral campaigns to go big, use those eyeballs to your advantage. Your boy Jacquees, Kyle, did not. I'll just well, say one more thing, Kyle, then I'll let you chime yeah. in. This is what disappoints me so much about our generation of R&B artists. They don't, they don't have to get goofy or go outlandish with a marketing campaign. Just do something. A lot of the artists we support are just putting their album out there and hoping for the best, saying, I hope someone finds this. I don't like that, guys. <laughs> that's No, that's real talk. Because, again, and I don't know if this goes towards some of the veterans who do this and they're kind of stuck in an older mindset where it's like, Oh, when people hear that I'm dropping an album, they're just going to come flocking in droves. No, they're not. So I do, I agree. Like, you have to do something. But regardless of what you do, if you're going to do something extremely outlandish and just troll your fan base and intentionally piss people off, which is what Jacquees was doing. I mean, that's what he was doing. He he would probably admit it. If you're going to do that, you got to come hard. you got to be able to convince all these people who are looking at you. I'm as good as I say I am. Not going cruise control and be weaker than you've ever been. What's the point? Well, guys, I'll say this. Yes, he probably did piss a lot of people off, but I was sort of disappointed in everyone because every time I posted a Jacquees thing on Facebook, it would get like triple the amount of views and clicks compared to the other posts that we made, and it's like, damn, you guys are falling for this trap. But, you know, it seems like his marketing strategy worked. So, guys, let's talk about the music, and I will chime in last because I have lots to say. It's like mm-hmm. 6 a.m. where I am, where I'm at right now, so you know I'm ready. Uh, but, Tom, <laughs> let's start with you. You put a pause to the uh, songs in the key of life to listen to this. What were your thoughts? 
Man, it really sounds great after listening to the songs in the key of life, I'll tell you that. Boy, I nah. bet. <laughs> I'm not going to hate on the project. I'll just say this, man. I'm a 36-year-old who grew up on 90s R&B. It's just not... I'm not the audience for this album. Like, I can appreciate certain aspects, but I couldn't even get past the vocals, unfortunately. I just feel like he's not a... You know, I, I need to hear strong vocals. He doesn't come with that. But overall, I can't hate on the project. He tried to make an R&B album, you know, for what it was. It sounds a lot better than R&B coming out of that generation. Sounds like something you would like, Kyle, so I'm he- curious to hear your thoughts, but just not for me, guys. Mm. See, I've got to be as I am. i got to keep it real on y'all. I do agree with Tom in that this is an album that was for a specific audience. Sure. But I won't say this is better. And here's the reason why I'm annoyed with this album. Last year this time, we had this conversation over, what was the thing called? 47, 25, whatever his last album was. And Kyle and I sat on this very podcast. And Tom, you were skeptical. And we were like, look, this dude is doing some R&B for his generation, but he's also doing some great callbacks. He's creating his own sound, essentially, because he is doing a great job of kind of cribbing stuff from the 90s and kind of mixing it in with the new sound. I thought dude had a lot of potential. And in fact, we even featured one of his songs on our top 100 list of last year. It was like number three. Like he ranked really high in my eyes. And I thought that he had a lot of potential going forward. However, to me, this album is a step back. Because instead of moving forward with his own sound, what did he do? He just made an album that sounds no different than YK Osiris had a couple weeks ago. when We talked about that. It's just mostly trap. Half the time he's rapping. The lyrics are ridiculous. And you can have a you can be critical of his sound, and I can definitely do that. But as we've heard a thousand times, it's great music isn't always indicative of great vocals. You can have okay vocals if you have strong writing and strong production. If you ain't got none of the three, you just whack. So this was something that he, in my opinion, when he should have been moving forward. Brother slid three or four steps back and thought that that hype could slide him through. Nope. It's an okay project. Like you said, I gave it three out of five. Go to Soul and Stereo. Go check that out. But, I mean, I've heard worse this year. But, again, if you claiming King and this is your best, play a stop. All right, guys. Well, I have an announcement to make. As We're waiting. As an honorary <laughs> member of Team Jacquees and the Rich Gang, Ed, Ugh. did you like how they dropped the Rich Gang in every three seconds in like every song? Good Lord, <laughs> player. Between that and um, who's the guy on Summer Walker's album? London on the track. Yes, between those two, I am sick to death of hearing those two drops for the rest of the year. <laughs> so, as an honorary member of those two groups, it pains me to say this. And I don't want to admit it, because I've been rooting for this guy for the whole year. Guys, Jacquees is not the king of R&B. Finally, uh, we admit So, with that said, if we were to put a nickname for Jacquees, since he is no longer the king, Ed, Tom, I would say that Jacquees is the savior of R&B. Oh my god. Listen, guys. Is this, what is going on? Listen. I don't know. Tom, you made a great point. This album was not for our generation of R&B. It was for the new generation. And I, and, and I think you have missed the bigger picture in all of this. 
this album right here for this new generation and future generations will be their link back to 90s R&B because we often complain about how these new acts such as like Tory Lanez, uh, Six Lack, uh, who else is from this Six generation? Lack. Tank, I guess, with this <laughs> trap music. Tank. None of these guys are inspired by 90s R&B. All of these guys are inspired by Drake. I even heard someone at the gym saying, oh, Future makes great R&B. Jacquees. Oh, yes. Jacquees comes from the Chris Brown lineage, the Usher lineage, and Ed, he even has a picture where he looks like Michael Jackson. Did you see that one? No, I saw it because you can see it on my review, too. I was very kind of that picture, as you can imagine. So, my point in all of this is, the newer generation is going to listen to this album and say, oh, I want to hear more like this. And then they're going to start digging up music from the 2000s and the 90s because it sounds like that type of music. They might even discover the Darnell Jones first and second album. Ed, he just saved 90s R&B for real. I have never heard... Clearly, I now as we're recording this, usually we record this podcast a little later in the day. We're doing it a little early because my man Tom's about to go on his vacation. But clearly, Kyle is in some kind of sleepy haze coma because I've never heard such lies spewed on this podcast. Let me break down all of the fallacies that you just heard from this man. First of all, where is the 90s influence on this album compared to his last album? The last album definitely had 90s influence. When we go to the samples, you had Latasha Scott on it. You had a lot of people who were part of that generation. This album sounds like 2019 R&B. And that's okay. You can do that. But this nostalgic, oh, he's paying homage to the greats. I ain't heard that on this album. You must got the bonus bonus edition. Because what I heard... (laughs) Is just straight up trapping B. Again, that's fine. If that's what you want to do, cool. But all of this always paying homage, I ain't hearing it all. First and secondly, we always talk, and we get this a lot. We hear about people saying, oh, well, this is going to inspire younger fans to dig in the archives and go back and listen to Nut Player. Listen to the majority of fan base. I'm not talking about listeners to this podcast, because if you listen to this podcast, you're a music fan. You may be a music historian. You're going to do your research. Our listeners are fans of both. You know, I got soul and soul and stereo. They are smart fans, so they will go do their research. The majority fan is not going to go back and say, I really like this song where he's talking about I'm having a foursome with these girls and I'm spreading them out like steak at Ruth Chris. Let me go listen to Donnell Jones' 1999 album. Play a what? No. That is not going to turn anybody back. This is music that is going to be consumable for the moment. The majority of these Jacquees fans, this is what they're going to do with that album. They're going to listen. They're going to pick out the three tracks they like. They're going to put it on their playlist. And they're going to throw this album in the trash. This album, so to speak, will be forgotten by January. I said it. Hmm. Well, there's there's two things that won't be forgotten. Number one, Summer Walker's part in Superstar. Looks like she recorded it out of a McDonald's washroom. Um, oh. And then... <laughs> I'm dead serious. It was not mixed properly. But it guys, sounded terrible. Yeah, but people will remember the Jacquees and Tory Lane song. Because Tory Lane's sounds like a prime Carl Thomas on that song. A prime Carl Thomas? Maybe Carl from The Simpsons? Why does he sound so weird? Oh, Oh, Carl from The Simpsons. 
Yeah, I do like that song though. That is one of the better songs, and that's what's frustrating about this thing. Like there are good songs on it. I've, I've picked, and I do because that's me. But like they're good songs here. I I could redo this album. I would take maybe six songs out, throw the West away, burn them forever. But there are probably six solid songs here. You take those six songs, add maybe four more, get them back in the studio with somebody who knows what they were doing. Call your boy Troy Taylor. The song he did was pretty good. Get him in the studio with someone who knows how to work with his tone. Because, as I said in my review, he might not be the best singer vocally. But he has a tone that works. And as long as he stays in that lane and stops rapping. And then sometimes he broke out this weird falsetto. And I'm like, oh my god, it's like my the, the like my laptop screen is shattering because it's so ear split. <laughs> if he just sticks to what he knows, then he'll be okay. Like, if there was potential here. I still think there's potential if he focuses on it. But we see that he's more about hype and getting people riled up and trending on Twitter for three minutes. If that's all you want, this stuff ain't going to last. You're going to continue to be a joke. <laughs> Damn. Well, can we give him a shout-out one time for making a song called E? That was impressive. <laughs> I actually oh. like that. It's... I like that he's in on the joke. He knows that he's a, that people kind of come at him and he rolls with it. And that song's actually okay. All right. Well, shout-outs to Jacquees, the savior of R&B. Let's move on to some Stop. Christmas albums, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Elijah Blake and John Legend both put out Christmas albums. Tom, didn't John Legend put out this album last year? Oh, he re-released it with four new songs, so... That's now there you go. Creative marketing. What did we just talk about? Just re release exactly. something that a song. It gets back in the headlines. I mean Mariah does it every year, I feel like. She re releases her Christmas album. <laughs> did you guys hear that uh there was some controversy over John Legend remaking one of the Christmas classics? Oh god. Yes. And I don't know if there's controversy, but to his credit, he tried to get ahead of it. The song Baby is Cold Outside. And I can't remember why we're supposed to hate this song now. I'm someone someone will enlighten me on Twitter at E.T. Bowser. So we're the way the song is written, for some reason it's offensive. I can't remember why it's offensive. So he decided to remake it with I think Kelly Clarkson. So yep. he just went out and was like, Hey y'all, I'm making this song. Go ahead and get your hating out the way. Go ahead and call me problematic now. So we can go ahead and get through this. I can't blame him. Like, get ahead of the think pieces. That's the only way you can survive. Nice. Well, Tom, can we give a shout to your boy, Elijah Blake? He put out a holiday album, as you mentioned. I just found this interesting in the press release. He had a song called Five Gold Rings. And um, he said, this song is for young adults wanting a trap-esque holiday vibe. Mm. A trap-esque holiday vibe. 2019, folks. This is not a diss. We love Elijah Blake. Actually, that's our boy. Always showing support. I'm I'm not a young adult anymore, so it's not for me. But you know, the other songs are pretty good. I kind of want to hear this because uh, trapping for Christmas ain't really something that I kind of can think of. So I can only imagine what this sounds like. <laughs> I might have to call up my fellow Rich Gang to check it out. <laughs> oh, you and the Rich Gang, y'all need your own podcast because we filling your seat. Oh man, uh, some new music came out last week. Uh, Seventh Streeter dropped a new song, What You Say, and uh, it's rather interesting. She's, like, rapping on the song almost, but I think the video, I don't know if you guys have seen the video, the video kind of sold me on the song because she's dancing in it, and it's 
quite visual and artistic, but the song in <laughs> itself, I, I didn't think it was anything different than what she's been doing. I'm, I haven't seen the video, but she's pretty grouchy on the song. I don't know who pissed her off, but, yeah. you know, it's fine for what it is. But don't we want to hear her sing more, guys? Yeah, I want everybody to sing more, but that's not the wave in 2019. Damn. Well, Seven is now on E1. Uh, I think she was on Atlantic on her last album. So it'll be interesting to see what she does um, with this project. Tom, she still has a pretty solid following, doesn't she? She does, yeah. I, we we actually have been supporting for a long time. It's cool to see that uh, she's you know still getting their attention and respect from labels. So we'll, we'll definitely still support. And then Tanashi dropped another new song with Six Lack Black. Um <sighs> And this is her second release as an independent artist. And it, I think this one seems to fit her sound a little more than the first one. Because the first one, I don't know what was happening with the first song. But this one seems to be pretty good, Ed. I don't know what was happening. It's, you could, that, that could be the tagline of her career. I don't know what is happening. But this song actually sounds like the Tanache song. Like the original Tanache. So it, I don't love it. I, I do think it's probably one of her better songs in recent memory. But it does flash back and harken back to her original sound, which is something I wish she never left. Because if she stuck with that sound, she would be in a much better place today. But not I won't say it's too little too late. It's always good to revisit. So I'm glad she, at least for this one time, is kind of going back to throwback to Nashe. I like it. Okay. Um, Kyle, I'm, I'm sorry to take this off the rails. I've got two pieces of information I've got to bring to the forefront. Okay. K. Michelle is about to embark on her OSD tour. Ed, do you know what that stands for? OSD? No. I can't even say it because this is a family program. It's kind of vulgar. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Over some, and then the D. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on. Why Come would that on, be the K. Name of a tour? I don't get it. I guess she's touring over some D. I don't know. I don't, what what is, does that even mean? What? I I, I I don't even I don't know this one, y'all. I assume that it's like you're making bad decisions over some D. I don't know. Y'all doing too much. <laughs> hey, that that song that she samples, New Edition, is pretty good. So we'll give her a pass. It's pretty good. It's no, pretty it's good. Fine. So, all right. More more pressing news. We were all all three of us on this podcast were called out by a big supporter of Tank. Um, apparently, we're always too negative about his career. Hold up, hold maybe up. trying to... Tom, hold up. Before <laughs> you say that, didn't I just diss Tank like five minutes ago? Uh, yes, you did, actually. But... Oh, I, I guess I missed the memo. <laughs> I'm sorry. The point is, this was a very huge Tank supporter. I don't even know the guy's name. He was upset that we never have anything positive to say, so I'd like us, if we can as a group here, can we each go around the table and say one nice thing about Tank? Starting with you, Ed. Oh, of course you got to start with me. Listen, I've said many nice things about Tank. We've already talked a million times about how great Sex, Love, and Pain is. I said that he is a fantastic live performer, great vocalist. Still think he's one of the better writers in the past decade, decade and a half. And early in his career, he showed a lot of solid consistency. 
Now, I know that that what still won't make anybody happy whose Twitter or Instagram name is I Love Tanks Draws 1964. <laughs> but as a reviewer, I am here to be honest and not to placate your feelings. Tank is great when he's great and he's trash when he's trash. Sorry, that's how life is. Um, mm. Kyle? Well, let me put it to you guys like this. It took me like four years to fully love Sex, Love, and Pain, but I love it now. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. So, when did Savage come out, guys? 2017? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so about in 2021, I might say something positive about that album. But I love Tank. He's a great producer, great <laughs> songwriter. Um, like I said, none of us actually hate the guy. We no. are some of his biggest fans, actually. We're just harder on the artists that we love. So, we love Tank. Uh, well, I'm hard on everybody. Tank was like me and Kyle's favorite artist about when Sex, Love, and Pain came out. And then, like, we were rooting for him. We wanted more of that. And then it just wasn't for us after that, a lot of it. So, that's kind of what happened. So, Tank fan, 2701, if you're out there, we said some nice things. Now, let's all move on. And thank you for your support. Well, uh <laughs> It's just annoying. Before this podcast, I was talking to one of my followers on Twitter, and dude was literally saying how he just doesn't like having conversations about anything, whether it's movies, music, politics, on social media, because we are in this weird place where it's just stand culture. Like, you have to like every single thing a person does, and if you don't celebrate every single thing that someone does, and you're a hater and you're a problem. You can't offer any kind of nuance. You can't offer any kind of criticism or you're a bad guy. And Stank, whatever his name is, Stank fan, Tank fan, 1937, it's like that's the same mentality. Just because we're like, oh, Savage is trash or we don't like the new album. You never say anything nice about Tank. Okay. You can still be a fan of someone and be critical of their work. I love Keith Sweat. Do I love any meeny miny mo? Absolutely not. If I can be that open and transparent, you can too. Let's keep it all the way real, guys. Ed used to write reviews for You Know I Got Soul, and we actually had to stop that. And if anyone noticed, there's no more Ed reviews on our site. The reason why? Because he'd give out a 3.5. Artists will be flipping out. Management will be flipping out. Labels will be flipping out. Over a 3.5. We could not keep it real anymore on album review so we had to stop how ridiculous Ooh, keep, is that keep it real on them tom i can't wait until we do the behind the scenes of soul back one day and we can start naming <laughs> names because that's because yep. i'm still mad about that 3.5 that one of y'all faves had a pitch fit over but <laughs> <sighs> what a time <laughs> what a time yeah my favorite uh subject in school was algebra so Oh my God! God. Oh Go my God. God! Come on, guys! Listen, Ed. <laughs> I love this place. I love it sometimes. All right. Well, uh, just to announce some more news, uh, Tanashi is now signed to Rock Nation, which is, I think, exciting for uh, people. I think people were celebrating over that on Twitter. <laughs> it remains people. to be seen. <laughs> it remains to be yeah, seen. I mean, honestly, who isn't signed to Rock Nation at this point? Isn't like everybody there? Yep. Huh. So, there you go. Uh, a couple more new songs I want to touch on here. Skip Marley and Her. Ed? 
I listened to this literally seconds before we started recording this. And what I heard, I didn't even finish the whole song. What I heard was actually pretty good. You know, there are two different contrasting sounds, but they kind of blend pretty well. I, I kind of miss having distinct sounds in R&B, whereas everything is just now just, you know, watered down trap. I like kind of having those different feels in it. So this one gets a thumbs up from your boy. And Tom, Ro James is back with a new song. Doesn't it sample Usher? It does. And uh, it's his first single from his sophomore album. I'm excited that the label's given him a sophomore album because artists making more of that traditional sounding R&B. He's not traditional. I'd say he's very eclectic, but he's super talented. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they get overlooked if they don't do what the label is expecting or conform to the to the trends. So I'm happy to see he's he's back with another album soon. New singles out now. Our boy. Man, I love this track. It's got that dusty 90s R&B. Well, not even 90s R&B, but 90s hip-hop feel to it. I love the sample. I love it. I'm a huge Ro James fan, as most folks know. And to Tom's point, he is very eclectic. He, like We talked earlier about Jacquees and mixing kind of the current with the past. And I think Ro does that in a different way. He's great at looking back. Every song he does sounds like a Road James song. It does not sound like, you'll never hear me say, oh, it sounds like a Tory Lane song or it just sounds like a Chris Brown song. No, it sounds like a Road James song. He has a distinct, very specific sound and he brings it every time. I love this track. One of my favorites in a long, long time. Hold on. Ed, do you like the Usher song, Can You Handle It? Yeah, I like it okay. My, my, um... My wife loves that song, and she loves that album. But, no, I like it. Tom? I haven't listened to that song in probably over 10 years, so no, I do not like it. <laughs> yeah, but you hear Bad Girl like every other weekend. You don't like that song either. <laughs> it grew on me because I was forced to listen so many times. I don't. I still don't understand the hate for Bad Girl. That's weird. It's not even hate. No. It's just, I, it, yeah, it's not hate. It, you know, it's just that it, it wasn't the single, I, not that I recall, and it's just played more than any other songs that I hear of that album. Yeah, that, now that is true. Like, it's not a single, but that thing, like, you hear that thing all the time. Like, you do hear yeah. that more than some of the singles. Yeah. That I'll give you. All right, let's get into something else here. And you guys will be, uh, I, can, I can sense that Ed's blood is already boiling, but Summer Walker, guys. I feel oh, like we God. talk about her on every podcast. Because she does something every week. But go ahead. Um, so she's on tour right now. I'll be going to her show next week, so I'll be back with my review. But with many artists, they do like a meet and greet normally after or maybe sometimes before the show where a fan pays X amount of dollars to go get a picture with the artist, maybe interact with them for a bit. You know, just the whole nine you pay like a hundred bucks or a little more for that. One of Summer Walker's fans paid that money, and apparently Summer Walker was very disengaged. Didn't really bother to talk to her fans. Said hello once in a while. Took the picture. Didn't want you near her at all, and just in the pictures didn't really seem all that interested. So, without criticizing Summer because that's not what we're here to do. If you guys it's were not? paying, no, we're not paying. We're not criticizing her. I have a show to go to. I need to make sure I get into that show. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> come on. If you were to pay a hundred bucks, 
more or less to go to a meet and greet, what are you expecting from this meet and greet? I have not done this, but I know many, many people who have. And I do think that there are two, there are two things, there are two um, kind of perspectives here. Number one, artists are people. And that people get stressed. People get kind of caught off guard. And we expect an artist, especially artists we look up to, to when we meet them, they be like, hey, oh, you're the greatest person ever. And sometimes you catch people on a bad day. There's sometimes where I'm walking around the halls at work and someone like grabs me because we have people coming in out of out of city hall and i might have my mind on something and they try to holler at me and i'm just kind of like hey what's up and it's not because i'm mad it's just i'm thinking about something else so no offense but that's just how people are sometimes however if you pay me a hundred bucks to come say hi or to do something there is an obligation that you have to do to at least pay the fan a little bit of attention. I'm not saying that y'all need to exchange numbers and be best friends, but you do owe yourself to be on. Just like being on the stage is part of being on. And that goes back to my original criticism of you, girl. If you're mad at me, come at me, not Kyle. Kyle got work to do when he goes to the show. But when we talked last week about kind of her issues, her what was it that she was having? Kind of those like social anxiety. Call it. Yes, the social anxiety. anxiety. Thank you. Yep. That's what I was thinking of. Social anxiety. So when she has those as a performer, I was like, you can't expect an artist to say, "Well, I have social anxiety. I don't have to perform." If you are paying money for that, I'm sorry, you're in the wrong line of business. Same thing goes with personal personal appearances. If you are paying someone to do this, you have to be on because that consumer spent good money to get an experience. And as an artist, you owe them that experience. I'm sorry you're sad or you're mad. And that's not to throw any shade toward any type of mental things that she has going on. But that's part of the gig. If money is to be exchanged, that's what you got to do. But what can we expect, player? Because when I listen to that Jacquees album... It sounded like she was sitting in the car recording, so she don't ever want to be around anybody anyway at any time. So I ain't shocked. Jeez. Tom, isn't it a thing where if you don't want to do something, don't ask people to pay you for it? Just don't do it? I mean, why agree to do a meet and greet if you're not going to want to do it or even act like you want to be there? I just Or if you have anxiety issues, why even do it? I don't get it. This this generation so funny. I mean, I've, I've been around many meet and greets. It's demanding. You know, you got to act happy to meet every single fan, even if you're in a bad mood. So she already got, you know, mental health issues she's dealing with. So don't agree to do it until you get all that situated. I'm feeling you. I'm sure there are some problem management piece, um, things at play where it's like, I right, you got to do it, whether you want to do it or not, whatever. But still, at you punish the fans when you have an attitude. You punish the fans when you have people pay money to see you and expect an experience and you don't give it to them. I'm sorry that stuff is going on. I'm sorry life sucks. And if it's an issue, you need to clear that up with your management. To punish the fans is to bite the hand that literally feeds you. You got to get it right. Because right. your time is short. Then 15 minutes is ticking, player. Got to get the bag, though. So... Maybe some of will continue. <laughs> Honestly, it's all about the bag. That's what it always comes back to. So you're going to take that bag, that sad bag, and going to take it and just take your money and run. Okay. 
But Tom, <laughs> haven't you noticed that this generation of R and B, they're like doing the bare minimum when it comes to putting themselves out there. They don't do interviews. Can you imagine if they were forced to like sign CDs at your local Best Buy? Oh man, they would probably. And complain. you know what? Those experiences are fun for fans. You know, I always remember back like some of Aaliyah's last photos where she was at a, a meet and greet signing in New York City for her final album. It's like those are cool experiences that for the fans, and it, I think it all goes back to the artist development. Someone on our Twitter, I'm sorry, I forgot the name, mentioned that it's like. They don't have development. They don't even know how to act in certain situations. It's just a crazy time. It's insane. And one thing that bothers me, unfortunately, is that we see these artists slipping, but there's still a segment of the fan base that defends it. When Summer was doing her, oh, I don't want to perform, there were so many people on my timeline that was like, oh, well, she shouldn't have to if she don't feel like it. Well, I hope you like spending money on people who don't have to actually sing or perform or do anything. But... If that's part of your job, like, what if I was just tomorrow? Oh, I don't feel like going to work because I don't feel like it. Mayor, you write your own speeches. I don't feel like it. They're supposed to be like, okay, let me give you this check anyway. What? That's not how the real world works. Well, Ed, Mm -hmm. sometimes I wish you'd show for the Soulback podcast and not talk. (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I can't wait until this guy goes to Disneyland. It'll be the last time we see old Tom. Oh, man. <laughs> you come back and you see this field by Mr. Barry Bars. <laughs> oh, my. Barry. Ed, are you going to get two of your croonies that dress up as Chip and Dale and then just, like, jump Tom when he's in Disneyland? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we need to make that happen. I'll get two of my um, two of my dudes from VA to do it. Now that's yeah, somebody who'll gladly do something for a check, unlike Summer Walker. Next thing you know, those two dudes are going to become famous, and then they're going to release an album next year. Watch. <laughs> Look, whatever title. works. Under the title Chippendale. Shout out to Chippendale. <laughs> Good guys. <laughs> oh man, Kyle. Kyle, I got a piece of disturbing news out of the Drew Hill camp. Oh boy, now what? Oh, it I looks know. like jazz. May or may not be back with the group. I don't know what's going on anymore. And I haven't seen Smokey or Black post anything in a while about the group. And I'm talking like in a month. So, I I don't know. I I mean, I'm not even trying to be funny. I didn't think Jazz was physically able to perform at this point. Like, has he improved? We don't know anything. I have no idea. We might have to get the longtime manager to fill us in, Kyle. Yep, oh, he'll probably just that. pop into this podcast. You know how he do. <laughs> Tom, didn't Jazz, change his in- Hold on, Jazz, didn't, Tom, didn't Jazz change his Instagram name again? He did. It's weird. I didn't even know if it was him at first. It was unpredictable Jazz or something. First, we had Cisco announcing new solo material, which seemed a bit odd. Actually, the date for that passed, and then never came out, by the way. Oh. And then, uh, yeah, and then we were waiting on this Troy Taylor-produced Drew Hill album. Then we saw Black from Playa uh, releasing dog food or something. A dog food line? What was that? I don't no, know. No, he, he was breeding so, dogs. It was then, dog then, breeding. It was dog food. Unless oh, it was... Okay. Anyway, something like that. And then Nokio dropped from the group because he was scared. And then Tao has, has he been was out. scared. I don't know what the situation was. And then now it looks like a new flyer came out and it's, it's Cisco... Nokio, Jazz, and, and Tao. So, I, I don't know what's going on. 
Well, so I have to holler out at my boy. Shout out to Brown over in the Soul and Stereo Cypher. If anything knows about anybody knows about the inner workings of Drew Hill, that dude seems to know. So let us know to Brown what's going down with your boys. Because every week is something weird. I hope our our boys didn't get booted though. That would be messed up. Yeah. I I would be very very heartbroken if that was. I was looking so forward to that album. And just well, for their own career, I mean, you know, yeah. they were on a good run with the group. Yeah, very much so. They seemed to be very much in sync. Everybody was clicking on all cylinders. So I hate that this would, again, this is all speculation. We don't know what's happening because I have not heard anything. But I really don't hope the worst. But we've seen some weird stuff come out of that camp in the past few yep. years. Well, the only uh, positive note to this is, if Smoke is not part of the group anymore, he can give up the Drew Hill Regiment and go back to eating lemon-lime Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> Which I still yep. gotta try. Yes, you do. Um, some more disturbing news for you guys. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, another outlet named Beyonce and Rihanna's uh, album, Beyonce's Lemonade, which, Ed, I blame you for this, and Rihanna's anti-album as like the two best female albums of the decade. And then someone else tweeted, R&B now stands for Rihanna and Beyonce. Ed, this is all your fault. How is this my fault? Number one, I have been the one who has been screaming for the past 20 years that Rihanna is not R&B anyway. Number two, Lemonade isn't the best Beyonce album of the past decade. How is it the best of all time, of all female albums? Come on now. Y'all just say anything on these internets. Tom, weren't you fighting with a Rihanna fan recently? <laughs> they were trying to convince me that Rihanna was R&B. Uh, as expected, the argument didn't end up going anywhere. I think I just stopped responding because I was getting so annoyed by the ignorance. So uh, I don't, I just don't get it, guys. It's what, not even worth like, talking about. Not even, I know you don't want to talk about it, but I'm just asking this question. What is it that makes Rihanna R&B besides the fact that she's black? And hangs around rappers. Because that's it. Like what about the music is R&B? Can anybody explain that to me? Because having Jeezy on your track. Doesn't necessarily make you an R&B artist. But apparently. It does. Well in her defense. I will, well in this person's defense. I will say she has used elements of R&B in her career. When it's been convenient. But she doesn't really stay in that lane much. In my opinion. And she has made R&B songs. There was that song she had with um, Justin Timberlake that he wrote or something. That was an R&B song. But those mm. are very few and far between. Wow. You I just think that we just, <laughs> if you're a black woman and you sing and you hang around rap dudes, that you're R&B. And that's not actually accurate. Wow, you really had to go through the R&B catalog to dig up an R&B song. You, you brought up one from like 2008, Ed. We'll see. There you go. That's the only one that pops to mind. <laughs> well, I would say that the real R&B artists are Ray J and Brandy. No, uh, please. Brandy because she is the vocal bible and everyone loves Brandy. But Ray J is R&B too for two reasons. Number one, I think he's trying to get Suge Knight out of prison. He's talking to Donald Trump. That's pretty impressive. And, uh, That's pretty his, stupid. And his song, uh, Wait a Minute with Lil' Kim, is like top five of all time. See, I, um, I was going to call Barry to take Tom's seat, and now I'm going back <laughs> on that. That might be Kyle's seat he's taking. 
Ugh. What a time to be alive. Ray J and Donald Trump <laughs> and Shug. Did you really think you would hear those three names in one sentence? Talking never, politics? never, never. And talking politics. That's what talking po- That's Those two words there make me want to throw up. Those three talking politics. Can you imagine having this conversation 10 years ago? That politics on criminal justice reform would take place in the White House between Donald Trump, Ray J, and Suge Knight. We're all doomed. (laughs) Well, Tom, there is some good news. The Neptunes have been nominated into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. We love the Neptunes. That's impressive. Are they still even producing together at this point? I mean, what's the situation? Uh, The last one they did was uh, Man of the Woods. And that didn't do too well, so Chad might be uh, taking his bag and going home. But no, apparently mm. they're they're still working together. So yeah, as far as I know, they're still doing stuff. So that's exciting, though, that they nominated both instead of just Pharrell. Well, I'm glad they did, because as you know, and you can speak to this, Kyle. Like I feel like that because Pharrell has always been the more high profile of the duo, that he gets all the love, but. The Neptunes are a pair, and they are behind some of the kind of more memorable songs in the past 20 years. Ain't just Pharrell. That's the happy guy. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of happy, Tom, Ed just ranked Ashanti's discography, so we'll see how happy we are after he breaks it down for us. Ed, are you ready? I am ready. I don't know if you are, but I am ready. All right, so... Do you want to break it down for us? I noticed that the uh, Christmas album is missing on this list. Well, first of all, I did you a favor by getting rid of that thing. But I tend to not review the little Christmas albums anyway. It's hard to rank Christmas albums because you you're always going to compare the covers to the original. And it's not like, I don't care how great you are, nobody's this Christmas is going to be better than Donny Hathaway. So I just kind of skip the Christmas stuff. Unless it's like an incredible album. And hers was not. Alright. So, Chapter 2 was ranked dead last. Tom? Really? I thought that was some of her best work, Ed. Huh! <laughs> what? <laughs> what was wrong with it? What, what was on, the rating of what, that? What, what was right with that thing? That album, and here's... Um, that got... Let me check. That got a two and a half. Oh. Now let me go let me go back because a lot of these times and just to clarify for the podcast, like I don't do these by memory. And Ashanti's albums, I know all of them back and forth. I actually own pretty much all but Braveheart. But I had to go back when I do these rankings and listen to them with fresh ears and fresh eyes. So this isn't nostalgia. This isn't what I remember being good. This is what I have listened and ranked in the past few weeks. So these are all fresh rankings at one time. So it's not me saying, oh, I remember in 2004, that was my joint. Nope. This is all fresh stuff. So, no. That album, I remember when I copped that album from Target in 2003. I got it on release day. And I remember driving away from Target being like, I don't like this song. I don't like this song. I don't like this song. And it, time has not been gone to that one, trust me. All right, uh, number four we have Braveheart. Yep, the album that I and everybody else forgot about. It's not even that old. It came out in 2014. Just nothing memorable about it. Damn, Tom. She had a song about 
BBM. But like I Blackberry's, like that album. Blackberry's died yeah, like I, seven years before that. I actually like that album, guys. I don't know what you that, did. It, yeah. I'm sure huh. that, that made me anticipate the next one actually. Wow. Uh, well, well, you'll I'm be excited. Sorry to, to break that. your heart because <laughs> there sure was one after that. Well, why did we have some hater just review these albums? We should have had an unbiased opinion. This is unbiased opinion, like Kyle, who has Ashanti posters up in his wall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, number three, we have Concrete Rose. Mm-hmm. Concrete Rose at the time I liked a lot and going back it's alright I do appreciate that it sounds different than most of her stuff which has always been really bubbly and poppy and kind of weird so this one I like the darker edge that this one had but it's just the same issues that almost all her albums have it's too long could use a trim too much filler but it has its high points I guess uh, fun fact of the day, I gave this album to a girl I liked in high school uh, for Christmas. We didn't end up together. I guess she didn't like this oh. album either. Well, I can't blame her. If you gave me Concrete Rose as a gift, I'd be like, huh, thanks. See, I remember it vividly. I was at the store, and it was be- either between Concrete Rose or Destiny's Fulfilled. I picked Concrete Rose, and happily never after happened. You picked Concrete Rose over Destiny Fulfilled. I think the destiny of this relationship was proven that day. <laughs> this is true. Uh, number two, for some unknown reason, uh, Ashanti's debut. Yes. Now, I know that y'all are going to whine and cry about this, but it's probably because you haven't listened to this album since 2004. It's good. It has a lot of good singles on it, but as an overall project, again, too much filler and some kind of slapdash singing on it not sit down a few rankings tom is the song call good because soap was going nuts over the song one of our readers it's solid i mean ed this is another album i like believe it or not front to I back like it too. not many songs i skip oh but, man it's a bunch of songs i skip but it's not bad um actually yeah i like call i wouldn't say it's like a five-star classic but it's a, it's a solid track i still play Mm. I love movies and I do not know why that song that's one of the best songs she's ever done and that never made as a single I to this day do not understand mm-hmm. mm. but only a 3.5 Ed did you listen to the King of R&B album before this and it like skewed all the numbers down because this is a 5 <laughs> year, Ed. that's a 5 star album oh my gosh you can tell which generation of R&B fan I'm talking to if this is a 5 star album probably think king r&b is four and a half great album uh so number one would then lead to the declaration which has the most amazing album art of all time although ashanti does look very photoshopped in this album cover Uh, she she looks like a thundercat (laughs) (laughs) but it's a four out of five ed Yes, and I have long said, and I haven't even said on this podcast, that I thought this was her best album. But again, I went back and listened to I didn't go off in nostalgia. I went back and listened to all of these albums. Not really in one sitting, because that's too long. But I went back and listened to them over the course of a week. And this one is surprisingly how well it held up. Again, I'm judging these as albums, not just 
oh, which one had the hottest singles on it? Because I know the way that a lot of younger fans look at music is different now because we pick and choose and create our own playlists. But I'm judging as bodies of work. I feel like this is the most complete album she's ever done. Not too many skips. That's only like the only song I don't like is the song with Nelly and Akon. Everything is pretty solid. And she, for the probably overall in the project, and she hasn't done this anywhere else, knows how to stay in her lane when it comes to vocally. She goes a little crazy on um, The Way That I Love You a little bit. But everything else, she stays in her lane, stays in that mid-tempo tone so she doesn't go out of control, keeps her vocals kind of level. And for the most part, across the board, I can't find anything wrong with it. And it's got a lot of good hidden gems, lots of good album cuts that hold up. Unlike most of the other ones that are just kind of showcases for singles and that's it. So, yeah, proof that she can make a good, solid album. And it's a shame that it came near the end of her career and a lot of people missed it. <laughs> well, I have a funny story about this album, guys. Uh, around this time, I had an MP3 player that probably only had storage of like 128 megabytes. So for the new people out there, you can only put like 20 songs on that thing. Yep. So I deleted all of my songs and put this album in there. Uh, so I listened to that for a long time. And that actually sparked me to getting an actual iPod. So shout out to the declaration for that. <laughs> I, I like the declaration enough to erase my whole library. I don't know if I like it that much. Well, times were hard. <sighs> they but were. Can, can we get into the soul backtrack of the day here? Hit all us. Right. All right, Tom. Let's go with one that I think you'll like here. Can we go with the Mary J. Blige record? My Life. Oh, why'd you pick that? I don't know. That seems like something you'd like. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good song for when I'm down in the dumps. I mean, <laughs> it, it brings I you mean, down. I mean, yes, right? it sure does. And that's what Mary kind of made her name for around that time. I love that song, but man, a lot of those points on that album are for some heartbreaking, depressing days. But classic song, no doubt. All right, well, there you go. Classic song indeed. Now, can we get into the Play of Please Awards? I feel like this the whole first half of this episode was Play of Please Awards, <laughs> but if you got some more, come on with them. We've got more. So since you mentioned the Popeye's chicken sandwich earlier, uh, we got to give a Play of Please to Jaw Rule. Did you guys see this? No, oh, yes, I saw this. So, no. Tom, so Tom, Jaw Rule was being an A1 citizen... A model citizen, he tweeted out, I can't believe you guys are killing each other over this chicken sandwich. I, for one, will not be partaking in this. And then, of course, the twi- the Twitter world came at him and said, At least they're fighting over chicken. You had people fighting over whole wheat bread and cheese. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. I love how high and mighty these artists get. And then I quickly reminded that they are even worse than the people that they're trying to shade. Yep, exactly. Are you saying Ja Rule will never shake off this fire festival fiasco? If if there is a god above, he never will. If he never should. Damn. Um, and then the, the next player, please, guys. Uh, Tom, T.I. Uh, showed some great parental skills recently. Uh, oh, he did, a, huh? A, at least I don't have a daughter, so I don't know. Have to worry about going through something similar, but Ed, I know you were pretty fired up about this. 
I was all kind of pissed off about this. I got a love letter about it and threw it at the top of the pile because I could not wait to argue about this. So for those who missed it, T.I., another fake king, the king of the South this time, this one claims that in order to make sure that his daughter remains a pure-hearted virgin, he goes to her on gynecology exams, goes to the gynecologist, inspects her hymen to make sure it is not broken, and then just to be on the up and up, make sure that she signs documents so the doctors can allow this to happen. What? First of all, player, I am no I am no expert when it comes to the female anatomy. I, mean, I do know this that you can have a hymen and it not break because of sex. Or sometimes like that, it's no, it's no indicator for sex. If it's there, it's there. If it's not, it's not. And to stare at someone and to kind of judge their worth based on whether or not they're a virgin, what kind of dad are you, man? Come on now. Disrespectful. And I've heard a lot of people in my mentions, oh, you're not a father. You shouldn't know. What does it matter? I don't have to be a father to know right from wrong, homie. <laughs> and that's wrong. Damn. Respect your wife. Well, not your wife, your daughter. Respect your wife, too, because you stay cheating on her. So if you're cheating on your wife, but you're worried about the purity of your daughter, come on now. Where is... Please explain the logic. Mm-hmm. Uh, poor T-Pain. Not T-Pain. I guess poor T-Pain as well, but poor T-I. Uh, well, it's always poor T-Pain. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, Ed, what's going on with SoInStereo.com? Well, um, as we talked about last week, this is Blog Like Crazy Month, which means tons and tons of content. Every single day, new posts. We already talked about the Ashanti post that went up today. Check that out and see the rankings there so you can yell at me like everybody else. I'm afraid to look at my Instagram because I'm sure I'm getting cussed out as we speak. Then we got the review from Jacquees, which is up. We've got coming this week, review of Doja Cat, which I actually like a lot better than I expected. We're going to talk about five R&B albums that you may have missed over the past year. Five rap albums you may have missed over the past year. More love letters. More whatever else comes out. Just stop by the site every day. You'll have something that'll entertain you. Nice. And then over on my end, I will be going to Summer Walker's tour. So I'll have a full review on that for you, Ed. Oh, can't wait for that. I hope she actually actually wakes up. Maybe I'll actually get an interview with her. I don't think that'll actually happen. But, hey, you never know. I think it's... You can stick the microphone in her face while she just sits there with her arms folded. <laughs> yep. Um, but that seems to be it. I know a couple of fans of the podcast have commented and asked, where are the guests? We want to see some special guests. Someone asked for Kenny Lattimore and I think Steve Russell as well. We're working on it. I don't know if we're going to be able to accomplish it. It's tough. I'll just put it out there. It's very tough to schedule these artists. But, Ed, we've made magic happen before, so maybe we'll do it again. Sure. I mean, and as I've explained before, it's tough enough to make this podcast happen. You've got three dudes in three different time zones. So managing that and then around the artists and our own busy schedules can be kind of tough sometimes. But if we can make the interviews happen, we will definitely make it happen because we know y'all love it. But we also know that y'all love hearing us yell at each other for an hour every week. So plenty of that, too. This is true. So, Ed, I think that's it for this week. Tom just had to step out. But... We're done, so I'm going to go and continue to listen to this King of R&B album and see if I can find anything memorable about it. I hope you do the same, Ed, and I hope everyone else does as well.
Well, spoiler, you won't. Shout out to Tom. He's on his way to Disney World. I wish he was taking me with him because, ugh, sitting up here with you talking about Jacques is a rough time. <laughs> All right, Ed, we're out. All right.